Today is Tuesday, August 6th. The Yankees are in the middle of a series against the Baltimore Orioles. We're not talking about that, or maybe we are. I don't know. We're talking about whatever you guys want to talk about. It is the voicemail app. Let's do it. Let's talk Yanks. All right, what's up, everybody? Thank you for joining. Sorry we're a little later than usual. I was so dead. Sunday Night Baseball and recording after Sunday Night Baseball takes the biggest toll out of me and Jake. So in the future, if they have a Sunday Night Baseball game, we're going to do the voicemail app. We're going we're gonna to have to change our schedules, just some behind the scenes, because it was impossible for me to even have my eyes open last night during that game. My head was heavy. So we pushed it back. A little daytime episode of the voicemail app. A little delayed. Sorry if we weren't there for you on your morning commute. We'll figure it out. But we got some fun stuff to talk about, I think. I haven't listened to a voicemail. How are you doing, Jake? I'm good, Jimmy. This is Jake. Yeah, listen on your commute home today instead of your commute in. Or, you know, to get through that 2 o'clock to 3 p.m. feeling that everyone, that we were just living that feeling yesterday. So, yeah, man, com- coming off a-, a fun win. The normal guys did it for the Yanks. Uh, Valera, Gardy, Talkman, Ford. Romine, so, you know, Murderer's Row 3.0, is that what we're calling them? Murderer's Row 3.0. Yeah. Murderer's Row, hmm, there's got to be a clever way to do it. Yeah. Someone said we should make the usual suspects, but we should make the unusual suspects with, like, Ford, Talkman, Geo, a shirt. It's not bad. Know those bathing suits that are now, they're like blown up versions of people's faces? Have you seen how you could do that? Yeah. I think we just do that, just a whole Bravik Valera line, just zoomed in really tight on his face. I was going to make, you know, the Tanaka shirt, that's an all over shirt, has pictures of Tanaka all over it. I was going to make a version of that with your modeling pictures from Yankee Stadium. Right. But it would have been a decent amount of work. And then I was like, is anyone going to buy this or is it just a joke to like share the link? You're. You're talking to them, so. Who, me and you would buy it? Well, me and the the tens of thousands of people listening right now. But yeah, I mean, whatever. Well, maybe I'll make it then. It's a funny shirt. I was just like, I don't know if I want to spend time doing this. It's a good shirt. <laughs> all right. Voicemail episode. We got 19 voicemails. We'll see if we can get to all of them. Uh, thank you to everyone who called in. Thank you to everyone who's been listening. We had kind of a benchmark goal for this season, what we wanted the downloads to get to by the end of the season, including the playoff bump, and we're there already, Uh, kind of, not like cemented in stone, but we've tickled, we've tickled the goal, and I'm pretty excited about it, so we thank everyone that's come by, every, every new listener that stopped by, and hopefully you stay for a while and enjoy some Yankees baseball and some Yankees talk with us. Let's get to the voicemail episode, Jake. This one's brought to you. By my friends at Black Barrel Media. I already told you this last episode. I got to do one more shout out for them. I just tweeted it too. Jake, you should listen to the intro. It's so cool. So I had a couple of the details wrong. Black Barrel Media is a history podcast. They have Legends of the Old West. They did series on like Jesse James. On uh, the just uh, uh, the shootout at the tomb- OK Corral Tombstone for history nerds. Now they're doing a baseball episode all about the Black Sox. So I listened to it again, and I have the details a little bit more correct from the prologue episode. So they would send the newsreels from continental U.S. to Alaska, to Klondike, Alaska, and they would watch all the film. Looks, They would watch all the film, but they didn't want to just get rid of the film because it's super flammable, and they didn't want to just throw it out. So they had in a swimming pool that they used as an ice rink and they buried it all the film underneath this ice rink. And then in 2014, 
they got rid of the ice rink and they just found like history. Yeah. And now they have film from the from the World Series, nineteen nineteen World Series with the White Sox, and so like never before seen stuff in newspapers. And then this guy Chris went through it, and the whole season's all about that. So it's going to be awesome. I'm super excited. So go check out cool. that Black Barrel Media. Boom. Nice. Nice. All right, here we go. Epi- voicemail one. Wow, Luke's kicking us off with a, a prime caller. TD. Jim, Jake. TD for Madison, Connecticut, Carl Pavano, Kei Gawa, Jeff Weaver, Thurlander, Cole, Keichel, Corbin, Bauer, Stroman, Bumgarner, Gray, Hap. All these pitchers represent disaster signings, trades made or trades not made by Brian Cashman. For all the success he's had bringing in hitters, he's been ten times worse trying to find the impact pitchers we need over nearly two decades. Now, we've got a championship-caliber lineup here, boys full of savages from top to bottom. But when presented with the opportunity to address our only weakness, while our competition got stronger, what does Cashman do? He trades for Alfredo Garcia? Alfredo fucking Garcia? Remember that. Don't you dare bad talk Alfredo Garcia. Yeah, we are an Alfredo Garcia pod, so let's let's reverse engineer that whole voicemail. <laughs> Uh, yeah, man. I don't know. When you really look at the list, so the Verlander one, in retrospect, I, I still won't won't like give cash crap for. No one wanted him. It was an albatross of a contract, and he was showing extreme signs of decline. Houston made a huge gamble, and they pay it won. They paid off like beautifully, like the best ever. But it wasn't a sure thing. Like it wasn't like everyone was like, "Go get Verlander." This makes sense. Cole, looking back now, and I know it's tough to do, not getting Cole for Andy Horn Clint now is brutal. Yeah. That's all you got? <laughs> no, I I I I thought I thought you were gonna keep going down the list there. Uh, Jim, it's What's happened is, and I, I think I've got a I've got a good quirky Jakey comparison to start off. Uh, if if you've played any video games, whether it's Madden or a basketball game, and like certain players, they have like the skill icon that pops up under them. Like Kyle Korver catches in, it's like he's a three point shooter. Or, you know, Ed Reed's at safety, he's a hard hitter. Right now, if you were labeling organizations around baseball. The Yankees have this crazy ability to make hitters great. Uh, who, who knows if it's letting the ball travel, contact rates, or just maybe finding these kind of second-life guys who are 26, 27, 28. Uh, but we also have to realize, like, this is a new skill set. We, we weren't screaming that from 2013 to 2016, like, we can make anyone hit. This is a new development. The Talkmans, the Voits, all of that. So I would say going forward... Something to definitely look out for is, I mean, maybe the Yankees do invest a little less into their hitting because they they have this ability to find some gems, and maybe they will invest more into pitching for someone like a Patrick Corbin, who, by the way, that contract at the end of the day still ain't going to look great. And the other thing that's wild, Jim, is like, our season, it's we're talking about our pitching staff like we already lost this season. And and think about that. A lot of people said the same stuff about the Red Sox last year, and they put together an incredible performance, and nobody cared that their bullpen was a quote-unquote weakness throughout the season. Our bullpen's great. We have a couple guys that might be coming back. I think we were all a little surprised at first that we didn't get a starting pitching, but there's still a world where all of this works, and it works really well. So, yes, I think going forward, because at the same time, as I mentioned, the Yankees have that hitting icon under their franchise where if you're 26, 27, we could change your career. Right now, Houston Astros have a pitching icon under their organization, and they can, they can work that way. So it's tough. You're right. Verlander is thrown out. I might do like an op-ed one day about how Justin Verlander trade changed baseball because he could have been on the Yankees or Dodgers, Brewers, whoever wanted to take on that contract so easily. Houston gets them and, and they've got something brewing there. But 
Jim, this whole thing might work for the Yankees. It hasn't failed yet. Yeah. We'll see. All right, next. It's TD again. Hey, John Boy and Jake. Ah, that was an intense call. It's uh, TD from Madison, Connecticut. I, for one, have trust in Brian Cashman. I think last week you demonstrated wisdom, leadership, and discipline as a general manager. Look, would it have been nice to add an arm or two to our rotation? Of course. But Brian's not dumb. He won't be taken advantage of by other teams who are practically asking for our entire prospect pipeline just for some marginal upgrade. I think we should wait and see how all this plays out before playing the blame game. Severino's coming back, baby. We've got playoff Tanaka, Domingo Herman, and look, Paxton might figure his shit out after all. We're going to be just fine. Suck it, Boston. If that doesn't sum up Yankee fans, yeah. or or at least my brain, and I think a lot of like the deadline was so negative, like what the fuck? We didn't do anything. We didn't even send the message. And then you band together and you're like, you know what? Fuck it. We're all we got. We're all we need. Jared Saul wrote that on our Twitter page. I liked it. Let's fucking get after it. And we'll see. Because like you just said, Jake, we haven't failed yet. We're in first place. Arguably the opposite of failed so far this season. And I understand that our rotation doesn't scream playoff success as it is right now. Right. I understand that. But I think we have some interesting data coming on the next episode of Sharp Stats tomorrow, deep diving into past playoff rotations and what made them tick and what made them fail. And I think yeah. it's I think it's not going to be as bad as we think. But uh, yeah, that's there's good two voicemails from TD there to show the uh, the emotions of the trade deadline and then winning seven in a row right afterwards and sweeping Boston. Yeah, and John Malope, I I want to do another quick cross sports comparison. Know what team was considered dumb and they they never said you you can't win that way playing their sport? The old Phoenix Suns with Steve Nash, Sean Marion, and Amari Stoudemire. And guess what? They play like the Golden State Warriors. And the Phoenix Suns almost won the whole damn thing in 04, 05, 06, that range. Amari Stoudemire got suspended. Now basketball, everyone moves quick and shoots threes. So, like, the Yankees, if this bullpen crap works, and, I mean, we saw the Royals with a hint of it. They were definitely the first, like, five-and-fly team. Uh, Because that's how we label baseball teams. But guess what? This Yankee stuff might be great, and baseball's already trending that way. So, yeah, it sucks that we're not looking out there and seeing Roger Clemens, Justin Verlander, one of those guys. But this, we we can, we're one of the favorites to win the World Series. This could be great. Gotta wait and see. We'll wait and see. Hey, boys. Pat from Jersey. Uh,. I'm hoping that this is old takes exposed, but I mean, fucking Cashman, what the fuck are we doing? Uh, feels like we're just running a business now, not even caring about winning. I, I don't know. I know a spoiled Yankees fan, blah, 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 but like, seriously? Uh. Maybe Pat's come back down from this, and this was his initial reaction voicemail. I will say this, and I, and I hate this. It sucks we didn't get a pitcher. I still think like it would have been nice to get someone. Right. Like if we traded for Aaron Sanchez, is he coming over here and becoming good? Probably not right now. That's a part of the Yankees no. that they need to fix and develop and all that. Was Zach Granke even an option? We don't know. And the answer is very likely no. Was yeah. Bauer even an option? Like we don't know if Bauer was an option. No. Was Syndergaard an option we we have no idea like we can you can easily get inside the room with Cashman and have an honest Q&A and he could say oh they they straight up wouldn't trade those guys to us for anything and then like what are you what are you mad at Cashman about then but we don't know we, yeah I, I think the 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 thing that did leak out would be Stroman people would go back to that name especially because he went to the Mets and then it came out that they wanted what Florial and Davey so Is that what they said so I I changed my opinion because day of I said I would have done that trade and right. I still might have initially for Stroman from the Blue Jays but when you think about what the Mets traded to the Blue Jays and then yeah. saying okay well would we exchange Florial and Davey was that the two yeah 
Florial and Davey for those two pitching prospects from the Mets. Like, that doesn't equal up at all. So that was kind of the Mets and Brody Van GM saying, like, you want Stroman? You can yeah. owe us this. And Cashman's like, but you just got him for that. Go fuck yourself. Right. Yeah, Brody Brody was definitely playing the game and try to try to make his first kind of flex as a as a trading GM. And yeah, man, I I, I know the one thing that I I might have to come down a little bit from our initial trade reaction was like, I wanted to see Davey Garcia be a part of this team this year and be impactful. And that's a lot of pressure for one of the, I think the youngest guy in AAA. And it, it might've been a little bit of a reach at the time, but again, there, there could be a day down the road where, you know, Davey Garcia is a stud and Florial's a stud. And we're looking back and saying like, you know what? Thank God we didn't flip those guys for, um, Stroman or whoever it is. So you do have to be patient a little bit. And I, I know sometimes, quote-unquote, running it as a business seems bad. But if Davey and Estevan Florial turn out to be quality major league players, running it like a business might have been the right thing. Yeah. I got to tell you, I was talking to um, Robert Pimpsner, who runs Pinstripe Prospects. Sure. And we were talking about Davey. And we're going to have him on the show eventually when we start doing doing uh, interviews and stuff. And uh, he's, he told me that he talked to two scouts that said Davey will be in the bigs this year. Yeah. And that's uh, and imagine that if Davey came up and he threw a couple lights out innings, I mean, that would make people forget Stroman real quick. And I think again, like, like we've been talking about a little bit, one of the, now that we kind of buried the Red Sox, one of the the biggest conversation is going to be playoff roster and what that looks like and how are we going to get to the bullpen and two things and I don't know if we're if I'm I'm jumping jumping ahead on something we're still undefeated in quote unquote bullpen days yeah we're nine and zero uh, we'll Holder is about to push it today um that should should get my heart rate going a little bit but it, basically the question is going to be. You know, how are we going to be able to get to the fourth, fifth inning of a baseball game, which, A, is insanity. But, I mean, Mingo, he's still been solid. Uh, will Tanaka figure it out? I don't know. Will Paxson figure it out? I don't know. Will Sevy come back? Maybe. Uh, can someone like Davey get electric for a little bit and give some energy? Who knows? So, uh, I, I know a guy that, again, has a whiteboard with some different plans on it for October, Mr. Cashman. Thanks for listening. So, yeah, I mean, we can uh, we could end up looking back at this deadline and being stoked. Yeah, I was I was doing the um, the pro- the lineup building for the the lineup, the roster building, Jake, for the playoffs. Yeah, which I know is so early. I hate that I'm doing this early, especially with the health involved. Yes, but I, I did it with healthy. So I did it if Patances is healthy. And it's kind okay. of crazy how how little receipt relievers like make it. Because if you want CC out on there to like if if like CC and Hap are gonna be pen options, yeah. Then really it's just like Holder's not on there. It's just Chapman, Batansis, Britton, Otto, Chad, Canely. Then like CC and Hap, but I don't know if CC and Hap are gonna be bullpen options or what their role would be. Lance Lynn yeah, was at C- was on the wasn't went to the bullpen last year, so I think they'll do that with one starter. Yeah, I think C would be it. Uh, I, I mean, it definitely gets complicated. Yeah, it's interesting. It's gonna be fun to do that later on, for yeah. real. When we get like more semblance of what's going on. All right, next. What's up, boys? Tim from Chicago. Um, my last voicemail didn't really make any sense, so here it goes. So Cashman talked about the Death Star. Um, then he didn't make a big trade. From a fan's perspective, it almost seems like we don't even know what he's trying to do. Why would he put those ideas in our heads? Um, just don't say it. I mean, we, we still know we got a good team. I'm just curious about what you guys think about um, what Cashman said and then what he actually did. Because he's been saying we need pitching and the Death Star. It's just kind of confusing for fans. Love what you guys are doing. Jake, you don't suck. You're pretty cool. John Boy, you're pretty cool, too. All right, talk to you later. How about that? I've been saying forever that we need to stop putting stock into what Cashman says. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, stop he, putting he, stock he, into what he, anyone says. He did a little more foot-in-his-mouth type stuff this year with the Death Star quote. And like you said, he, when he talked about the starting pitching, he basically said it like it wasn't a complete entity, basically. 
to to the point that when the deadline happened, it was like, yeah, come on, come on, Cash. That the Death Star thing, I have zero qualms with. He, it was spring training. He was like, we're building a Death Star. They're in first place. They're one of the best teams in baseball. Yeah, and what wasn't what if, the what Death if, Star you envisioned? Sorry that your envisioning of the Death Star didn't map out to what he thought in his head. Who cares? Yeah. It was just like a fun quote. And and what if what if Death Star meant that basically anyone we call up from AAA? What if we basically have three teams of offense that can hang with any team in the major leagues? Would that be a Death Star? Well, I actually wanted to go like make a video of how many times in spring training they talked about the depth. Like, oh, we like our depth, right? We like we got we built really good depth this offseason because Boone and Cash said it a ton, and it was like, what are you talking about? Because yeah. in our brains. We didn't see Gio or Shell as a depth piece. Like it was like, what are you talking no. about? We didn't see any of these things. But they, that's Talkman. what that's what they knew in spring training when they kept saying, "I like our depth. I like our depth." Yeah, and it's uh, I I don't know because spinning it back to the pitching, that's where everyone's going to get hung up again. Like that Corbin contract could become ugly. In hindsight, the Garrett Cole trade that's that's kind of the one that sticks out right now, especially because he is on Houston, but. How many how many people had trades with Domingo Herman in it? And and what if he's a cost controlled strikeout quality starting pitcher going forward for the next three, four years? What if Davey Garcia? How many people had him in trades? What if he is the real deal? So it, again, like Death Star can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Uh people wanted Bryce Harper, Mike Talkman's outplaying him right now. So how how about that? Mike Talkman. Fucking love that guy. Hey guys, it's Alex from Montreal again. So I was pretty pissed at the trade deadline, but started to change my mood a little bit afterwards when I saw the numbers for Cole, Verlander, and Granke against the Yankees. So Verlander got a 3.55 ERA, 1.28 whip, 0.313. So a 3.13 batting average against, not bad. Cole, uh, 4.15 ERA, 1.23 whip, 1.67. Batting average against, not great. Granky, 5.16 ERA, 1.36 whip, 2.86 batting average against. So, obviously, they're not unhittable for the Yankees. That batting average against for Cole is a little bit scary, but I think the point is they don't exactly own the Yankees. So, I don't know. There might be a little bit of hope there. I'm wondering what you guys thought about that. All right, thanks. See you. It's, uh, it's a good like thought process to go down, and we are actually doing it with Katie on the next Sharp Stats. I will say this about the Verlander stats you had there. Those include, like, Verlander's bad years, I'm guessing. Because since he joined the Houston Astros, he shuts us the fuck down. <laughs> yeah, throw throw Verlander out. We've tried different approaches, and we haven't seen much. Because uh, a pitch count really doesn't matter to that dude when he's twirling it. So, yeah, it's uh, – I, I don't know, Jim. You want the spin zone of the year. If if we face Houston in the ALCS, there's going to be immense pressure on them to get the lead in the first in the first four innings, where the Yankees are going to feel like if they get the lead at any point, they're good, because the Yankees lean on their bullpen and the Astros lean on their starters. It's not exactly rocket science or or sharp stats per se, but it's a it's a it's a spin if you want it. Spin if we want, it. yeah, but uh. I don't know about Granky and, and they're all good, so they're it's not like we own them. It's not like David and Price. Hey, may, maybe the Rays, A's, or Twins will knock out Houston for us, huh? <laughs> I'd put that at zero. Hey guys, Andrew from Hell's Kitchen. Uh, I was wondering what you, what your deadline grades are. I'm going to give them a, a C plus, uh, and that's counting uh, Edwin Mabin and skipping out on Keiko. I know the starting pitching market stunk, but they probably should have went a little more for Keiko so that they avoided this situation, and uh, they could have gotten some relievers better than uh, Sessa and Nestor. So it's not a terrible deadline, but uh, considering some of these low returns for relievers, we could have done more. Your thoughts? Deadline, great. It's interesting because what do you count? Like, so Andrew was counting – he was counting Edwin and uh, who else did he say? He counted Edwin. He counted Cameron Mabin and he included not signing Keiko. Yeah. So 
you count all of those guys, can we just count like like since spring training additions? Because then it's a good grade. It's a fantastic grade. Yeah, I mean, if you Talkman. Because then you got Talkman and and Cameron Mabin. Yeah. And there's someone else I'm blanking. Whatever. Bravic Valera. Yeah. Yeah. Vicky Valera. No, Talkman was technically Edwin. Talkman, Edwin, and Cameron Mabin. If those are like the transactions that Cash made, those are all pretty good ones. They're working out They're, decently. Edwin got hurt, but it was still like they traded him for nothing. Now, if you count just like the deadline, because those all happened prior. Right. I don't know. What's the trade? Like C plus C? It's, it's hard uh, to grade. They didn't do anything. We we held on to young guys, so until we see what those young guys do or become, you can't give it a grade. Yeah. If Davey Garcia, Florial, couple other young guys turn out to just be terrible, we'll probably look back and be like, well, it would have been nice to have Stroman for a year and a half. Those guys all flamed out. Uh, so, yeah, we you can't really put a, put a grade on the Yankees' deadline as of now. Yeah. It's true. I'll tell Jim. I I got a question for you because I, I I have my thoughts on it. We haven't really discussed it in a while. It, do you have what are your thoughts on Keuchel? Do you look back in at that and kind of be like, I kind of wish we threw him in a couple extra bones just to have him because he's he's been solid for Atlanta and he's definitely more solid than what our starting pitching has been doing. Um, I haven't thought about it at all, so. So I'd have to quickly conjure up some thoughts. I don't find I don't find uh, any need to like put effort into thinking about past. You know what I mean? Like we didn't get Keuchel over and gone with. I'm not going to think about it anymore because why? Why would I waste my time doing that? But what's his game logs? I haven't even checked. So on on the season, he he's had nine starts. He has a three. He has yeah. a three. Looking eight, at it, six looking ERA. at his, looking at his game log, oh, we yeah. could have used this. We could have used this guy. Seven innings pitch, no two hundred runs, giving up more than four runs. Yeah, yeah, we could have used this guy. So well, it doesn't do yeah, me that's... any good to have this thought. Now, now I think, yeah, we could have signed Keiko. That's a negative thought. Why would I do that? We're in first place. For yeah, that. Well, Jim, for me, it's it's the only move that I I can look back and firmly be like. Damn, one year just to bring him in with no cost, really, just just paying his contract. That that's the only one that jumps out for me. And if if you are really hung up on Death Star and all that, it just seems like there there was you didn't have to give up any assets. You kind of know what you were getting into, and it was kind of a perfect fit for this team, seemingly. But uh, it is it is gone. That's the only one that I'm I'm a little hung up on. All right, here we go. Ben from Tulsa here. So this is just a few minutes after the trade deadline. Obviously, we didn't do anything. That's cool. It's whatever. Not cool, actually. But since uh, Clint is here now, and we're dealing with a little bit of an injury, bro, they just called it Breivik. I don't even who, – who is that? Are they not calling Clint out strictly because of attitude, or is it – I don't understand. I, I don't get it. Thanks. Let's talk about Clint. There's so many reasons he's not being called up, and they all kind of make sense. They have four outfielders, Mabin, Talkman, Gardner, Judge. Talkman's been way better than Clint's ever been in the major leagues as an all-around baseball player, which Yankee fans won't accept. Right. Or not Yankee fans, Clint fans won't accept. Talkman has proved more than Clint ever has in this stretch since May. And offensively st- and defensively. offensively and defensively, the stats back it up. The eye test backs it up. <laughs> it's just it's been better than Clint ever has in the major leagues. Yes. Cameron Mabin's been great and he has got no options. And with how many injuries we have, losing Cameron Mabin would just be dumb. And he's a great clubhouse defense, guy. Defensively, Cameron Mabin is a much better player, and he it, the clubhouse thing is important. He's been called a leader on this team. Yeah, by people on the team. And Clint might be the opposite of that. Anyways. Gardner, you're not getting rid of Gardner. He's 
Nope. Actually still hitting pretty well and playing well. And Judge, you know, so that's four outfielders. Clint can't play outfield, so he's more of a DH. So then it's Clint or Mike Ford. Mike Ford can play first. We don't need Clint to be like DH slash outfielder. Mike Ford can play first. So there's that reason. If, the, if he's an outfielder, blah, blah, da-da, da-da. Second reason. This might be the biggest one. Clint... If he stays in the minors past August 24th, it pushes his free agency back from 2023-24 to 2024-25. If they want to trade Clint in the offseason, which I think they do, that's huge for the return they can get. If they have another year to trade to another team, the return is bigger. So keeping him in the minors past that service time is huge. Um, and then the third would be like his attitude. Uh this is a clubhouse-driven team. There's, like, stories upon stories upon stories of Clint causing disturbances. I mean, him and Todd Frazier got into a fight in 2017. Frazier had to say, this isn't how we do things in the majors. When he originally got called up from AAA, the one piece of advice his AAA coach gave him publicly was, be a good teammate, nothing about on the field skills or how to do the game that was the only piece of advice be a good teammate um the media thing last year he hits a home run no one cheers for him in the dugout he causes drama it's there's there's a bunch of options i would guess the service time and the already having four outfielders loom large yeah i'm i'm a little less on the service time because for me jim like yes an extra year of service time is an extra year of service time but that's more important for someone who's like established, like for your Glaber Torres's, for your Chris Bryant, for someone you know who's going to be a quality major leaguer. Right now, the book's still out on Clint baseball-wise, and I think people still struggle with that. But they did it to Drury and, last year and then flipped him. Right, and it, and it makes sense. But uh, it, again, I mean, Drury... Well, look look at the return we got for Drury, and I think people is rental hat basically. So with McKinney, and pe- people need people need to change their scope on Clint Frazier. Yes, he can hit. Nobody knows if he can play a defensive position ever in Major League Baseball. Uh, the attitude thing is huge. Uh, that that is clear with all the stories we've heard and the stories we haven't heard. And I I just think it's it's the the book has kind of been written they're they're gonna move him at some point or just trap him in the minor leagues for a while if he somehow changes his attitude but uh and jim the other the only thing that i think you missed is our our infield is nicked up man uh urshel is nicked up glaber was sent to the hospital he's technically nicked up lemayhew's nicked up dd's nicked up so if, if you were just going to play the dh card and say like well dj should play first and instead of mike ford dh and dh clint a you lose the option of mike ford playing first base who by the way played first and hit a home run yesterday but also jim we we kind of need the infield bodies because we've got guys banged up and again the this injury bug it I, I've said it for a while now. It's not over. Like there's two months of baseball to be played. It's not like we got through our injuries and we're clear. <laughs> Essentially our whole infield is nicked up right now and we want to do everything we can to keep them healthy. So the extra infielder is valuable. Yep. All right. I think we kind of covered it then. Yeah. There is uh, a part of Yankees fandom that are Clint fans first. I don't know how he did it. Good for him. So wag. You think that's it? Like he just has the young fan base because of all the swag? Yeah, man. I, I I made the comparison to one of our friends in college the other day who's not a very comparable guy, but some of his attitudes are comparable. And yeah, man, he's he's got the hair. He's got the shoes. He's got the chain. He's he's having a good time. He he does stuff on social media, which I mean is is a part of it. That makes people real to some people. Yeah. I think I skipped some voicemails here. Looks like I skipped this one. Hey, boys. Pat from Jersey. Random question here. Uh, if you could have a drink with any two Yankees that have passed, um, who would they be? Um, today, just thinking about Aaron Munson and uh, my dad's birthday as well. So I was thinking he'd be having a drink somewhere with uh, Thurman and the Mick. But, uh, 
Anyway, what are your two choices? I'm just curious. All right, boys, keep it up. Go out and have a drink with anyone. Yeah, that's tough because I I don't think I don't think my generic Bernie answer really lands in that category. That'd be you'd still get some good stuff, but Ber- Bernie doesn't seem like the we're drinking beers. Let's let's ham this out. Babe Ruth would be I'd be so like timid. I'd be like a mouse in the corner, just like okay, because I bet he was pretty abrasive. If you take two thousand, if you put Babe Ruth in two thousand nineteen. There's a chance Babe Ruth wouldn't like us. It just seems like he probably was like kind of like a lot. Yeah. Mickey but Mantle, then, for mean, everything about Mickey Mantle, they say he was like the nicest dude, just loved drinking and girls. Let's go with Mickey Mantle. I mean, you could go, you could go Babe Ruth and David Wells, and you, David Wells is, might be a nice buffer between you and the babe, and that kind of opens up the convo. And David Wells is a good pick anyways. Derek Jeter I thought about in the 90s, but his life was so secretive. Like, back clubs, no one would care about you at all because everyone just cares about Derek Jeter. And it was like, I think right. he was, like, moved in the dark. And I think I'd rather go out with someone who just kind of posted up at a spot, like Coney. Right. Romine. <laughs> yeah, I got trained with Romine. Yeah. <laughs> I could enjoy myself. Coney, Coney's been a good time. Some of his stories that leak out, Coney and Wells. I guess I, I'd, Yogi, I'd go Yogi. Thing. I'd go Yogi back in the day. Yeah, Prime Yogi had to be had to be wild. Had to be a blast. That came out of his mouth. Yeah, all the things that got quoted. Imagine all the things that didn't get quoted because he was just drunk yeah. with his buddies. Wow. Yogi drunk must have been wild. The things if someone was to record him saying things, then Yogi's my final answer. Gator Gidry drinking some moonshine on the bayou. I could get into that. You could get into that. Yeah. That's why you said it. Probably once. Hey, Be boy. a one and done. Hey, Jersey. How we doing? Uh, I was listening to Boone on the fan, and he brought up the fact that, hey, we may not do this thing exactly how it's normally you know, run in the playoffs. You know, the Ashes got their big three now. He's like, some days you might throw 13 pitchers. I'm like, what? So anyway, if you had to do uh, a 13 pitch game, how would you throw 13 pitchers? What would you, you know, how would you line that up? Anyway, all right, boys. Boone said they're gonna throw 13 pitchers in a game. Doesn't even make sense. I think I missed that. Just take every pitcher and throw them one. I don't know. I, I kind of. That's too much. It's not. Yeah. No, it's not. Me drinking with Yogi Bear is more real than throwing 13 pitchers in one nine-inning game. Can we just do Can we do the fun playoff bullpen day if it actually happened? Let's go Chad for two. Sure. Chad for two. Let's go Dellen for one in this world. We'll say Dellen's back. Okay. He comes around, gets that top of the lineup there, so that's Dellen for one. Uh... You need Let's him for the get... fourth inning then, because Chad's going one, two, three, one, two, three. Uh, oh. Um, so that's three. We get let's get two innings out of Vino or Canely. Who do you want it out of? One inning each. Okay, one inning each. That's fine. So that's one inning of Britain two. That's six innings. One inning of Chapman is seven innings. So you need two so right more now, innings. Right now we're missing two innings. Okay. So Davey gets the two three. Davey for two. Problem solved. Wow, we did it. Or CeCe out of the pen. Yeah. Fun. Oh, I like that. You just need everyone to pitch great, which is so hard. Problem solved. Jeez. Hey, Jake and John Boy. Uh, Steve calling from Philly. I got a couple quick questions for you. Um, First one geared more towards Jake, being that I, John Boy, I'll kind of know your answer already, but... um, Looking back on the cash for not making a deal at the deadline, um, can you blame him for some of the offers that we saw um, surfacing? Um, you know, what the Blue Jays were offering with Stroman seemed a little high. Uh, some inside sources that I got told me that the Mets wouldn't come off the labor Torres for Syndergaard. So just wondering, like, was it worth not overpaying? Second question is, when 
is Jake moving to Jersey? Thanks, boys. Two-part question here, Jake. So, couple Jake Steve, questions, huh? Steve thought he knew my answer, but I already kind of changed my answer from the day of, which we're allowed to do on Talking Yanks, which a lot wow. of a lot of sports shows and sports personalities they lock in their gut reaction, and then instead of thinking on it, they just that's their opinion forever. Right. My gut reaction was I would have traded that for Strowman. I thought on it. I thought, wait, what did they trade for Strowman? And I was like, oh, fuck that. Came to my senses. Yeah, I I think all the all the Glaber stuff that's been thrown out the window after this Red Sox series because he's one of the best young players in the game. So that that was never real. Uh, like we just kind of said, I, how Davey and Estevan Floreal turn out at some point. I think that will be a factor. What what we've been able to do with outfielders, it seems like Florial's got to go at some point. <laughs> not, yeah. not to be rude to Estevan, but we we have a a glut of outfield talent. And uh, Jim, I I don't know, man. It's uh, it it it'll be decided in time, right? Right. Right. Yep. I guess I could say that for both questions. Why don't you move into New Jersey? Part two. It will be decided in time. That's what I was saying, both questions. Oh, okay. Well, probably never New Jersey. Uh, you never know, man. Never say never. Never know. Jersey City? I'm moving to the city. Wow. Nuke. Voicemail nuke. Yeah. Was I supposed to keep that a secret? I don't know. Me neither. I don't know. But we're looking at apartments in the city. Found some nice ones, Jake. I got to tell you. Not you and me. Not you and me. Me and Caitlin. Not yet. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Eli from Upstate. So back in March, I left a voicemail with four rapid-fire hot takes. And the first one was Kyrie Irving goes to the Knicks. Well, he ended up going to the Nets, which is in the same city. So I'm going to call that one a win. The second one was the Reds are going to win 100 games this year, but if I remember correctly, I think what I meant to say was that they're going to win 100 games next year. And uh, after trading for Trevor Bauer, hey, who knows, maybe maybe they'll actually do it. The third one was that Mike Talkman was going to end up being the best player on the Yankees. And if I remember correctly, Katie Sharp said that he's like playing like uh, Mike Trout, if you've heard of him, since May 5th. Since Mike Trout's not on the Yankees, I guess I was right about that one. And the fourth one was that Jake doesn't suck. I think we know the answer to this one, but I'm going to be positive and say the jury's still out. Um, But we'll find out pretty soon, I'm guessing. Let me know what you think about my assessment, and I'll talk to you guys later. Peace. Eli from Upstate with the old three out of four. Yeah, Jim, uh, if if you know... If if you know me by this point, you know I'm a sucker for doubling down on a wrong answer. So I I appreciate the hustle there, Eli. And Eli, I think that's actually going to be my, my Poppy Gordo's Poppy Patron's voicemail of the day, especially after John Boy John Boy dropped dropped the looking at apartments in New York City nuke. Um, Jim, and this this voicemail of the day and Jimmy's moving to the city uh, is brought to us by our friends Exit Speed Swing, baby. Jim, and speaking of Mike Talkman. Just two yabos last night, opposite field. He's got some. He's got some swing going. You like that, Jim? Yeah. So I think we. I don't know if we explained this well enough last episode, but exit swing developer. It's if you want to get into the cage and improve yeah. how how the exit velocity. It's like this tool they have that helps build that up. So if you got kids that are into baseball, if you're still playing baseball in high school, listening, if uh, you just want to build up your exit speed to have a contest like Jake and I. You got to go get this exit speed developer. It's kind of like, it looks like, you know, they have that swing where you want to keep it level where the ball starts by your hands and then it floats down the end of the the rod. Yep. It's something like that, but different. And it's specifically, scientifically designed to improve your exit velo. Uh, 30% better. If you go check out their website, exitspeedswing.com, you'll see... Uh, my favorite, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. on the website, so you know it's good. 
And uh, yeah, man, it's uh, exit velo is the new thing. It's it's taken over baseball. That's hey, you want to know why the Yankees have Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Judge, Gary Sanchez? Because those guys exit velo is insane. Dude, Talkman, so you're a ball player. Talkman, every time he hits the ball, it's hard as fuck. Yeah. So if if you're a ball player or you know a ball player or you just like supporting us because they're supporting us, go check out their website exitspeedswing.com and they have a twenty percent off promo code. Talking Yanks, all caps, baby. Uh, not we, all caps, baby. It's ta- it's talking Yanks in all caps. We've got some little league coaches listening to this show. I yes. I'm sure of it. Twenty percent off. You buy this for your team. They pass it around. They're hitting fucking rockets everywhere. God, that'd be gnarly. Your team's like dangerous for the league. They get kicked out. Part of the discount code, if this is you, you're a Little League coach, and this is you buying it for your team, part of the contract, if you use the discount code to buy it, is every time when a kid on your team ropes a ball, you know, instead of like, you know, Kobe, you go, talking yanks. Or Jake wow. sucks. Both are allowed. Okay, both both are street legal. So, yeah, go go check them out. Thank them. Back to the voicemail. Kyrie Irving to the Knicks. Nailed it. He's on the Nets. Uh, perfect. Talking Knicks is going to be ramping up soon. The Jim, I, I, for all the love I've given the NBA, they they really do have a, a couple month like nothing lull, which uh, they dominate the other ten. So good for them. Uh, what 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 else were we double down? Reds winning a hundred games. Yep, that that's wrong. Double down on that for next year. I like it. Talkman is is the best ever. Is that no, official? No, but this is actually huge. I, this is why Eli's calling in. One of his hot takes was that Talkman was going to be the best player on the Yankees, and that is so laughable. Jake, he's one yeah. of the best players on the Yankees. Yeah, as <laughs> as of today, he's one of the best players on the Yankees. I mean, he's still even include including the healthy guys. He's coming in after Lemayhew, Judge, Glaber for sure. Depends on your measure. Right now, Mike Talkman has the highest OPS on the Yankees and right. the second highest OPS plus. Isn't that fucking insane? Yeah. He's got yeah. the no, highest he, slugging percentage on the Yankees. <laughs> he's he's been great. I kind of want to reach out to our friends that uh that cover the Rockies and and be like, what's Dude. the reaction? Are, 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 go on. Mike Talkman, it's just nuts. He's fourth in batting average on the Yankees. He's yep. uh seventh in on base percentage, but he's first in slugging percentage and first in OPS. Yeah. It's fucking nuts. It's a monster. It's crazy. You want to talk out to Drew Creaseman? Yeah, I might might reach out to Drew to see what's going on. Are they are they just mind blown? Are they sad? Are they happy? I I I just want to know the vibes. Like, did they did they think this was going to happen? Or are they like good for you guys? I don't know. Yeah. Intern Luke labeled that voicemail just he's a psychic. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which he may be. John Boy and Jake, it's Sam calling from the Jersey Shore. Um, 4.34 on trade deadline day, and I don't really know how to feel, but I I got a question. What do you think Cashman's logic is for not going out and getting somebody? I I really don't think Clint Frazier and Albert Abreu are winning you the World Series this year. I really couldn't give a shit about a prospect. I wanted want starting pitching. It's just – I'm just – kind of baffled of wondering what your reactions are yeah so we've kind of been over this already but my reaction is that i think a lot of the guys he wanted to go get Bumgarner, uh bauer weren't even being offered to the yankees stroman was Jim. being offered for a uh ransom price where where, where the, the brody was gonna flex his nuts on cash the other thing that was happening that that hasn't been fully been flushed out on here i don't think is that the new trade deadline hurt the Yankees, and they were the they were the contender with the glaring need. You know, a- Astros were a strong team. They were looking for some help. I mean, every team's looking for some help. The Dodgers, they're a strong team. They were looking for some help, but no glaring holes. The Yankees, the glaring hole would be listed as starting pitching. So teams with the hard trade deadline were like, here's our price, Cashman. You're going to have to pay one of us. And he just went double birds, and he said no. We, we we've got guys we believe in like i'm not i'm not just gonna super overpay for robbie ray sorry about it sorry about it sorry about it 
What's up, Talking Yanks? Just want to call in, congratulate you guys. I don't know if you guys follow UFC at all, but you guys are like the uh, Daniel Cormier of the uh, podcast, sports podcast world. You know, you got two up there in the top charts. You guys are the champ champs, so congratulations on that. Had a quick question for you. Uh, Big Poppy Gordo might be a little more familiar with this because, uh, you know, he's into the video gaming. Shout out to Mazer Gaming, by the way. Um, there's a Mario game, Super Mario game that has to do with baseball. And, you know, you're essentially playing baseball with all the Mario characters. Each of the characters has like the special power that they can set off under certain conditions. If you guys had to give the lineup, the Yankees lineup, a special power, what would it be for each person? And, you know, they obviously can't use it all the time. It has to be under a certain condition, but what would each player's special power be? Love you guys. Keep up the good work. Look forward to listening. All right. Thanks, Raphael. Jake, I don't I don't know any of this. You have to you have to walk me through this. Superpowers? You you'll be you'll be good on this. I, I actually kinda danced through it before when I was doing at you know, Kyle Corver with the three point logo before him. So it'd be like like if it was a basic video game, it would be like Aaron Judge and Carlos Stan, they'd have like a bicep below their picture and it's like this guy's got super strength. Okay. Um, so so it's 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 what would what would these guys' special powers be like? I like one jumping to the top of my head would be like Glaber would have a puppy dog below him, and so if he made a great play, like he'd have a big smile and he'd be having the time of his life. If he ripped up like a bunch of toilet paper, he would be a, a sad, sad Glaber. So like Glaber's talent under his icon would be just a puppy dog. He might have ripped up a ton of toilet paper when he went and take that huge shit at the hospital the other day. Yeah. Been there. Uh, okay, so puppy dog counts as a superpower. I think so. Like that would be that would be his like icon under him. Okay, give me a player. I'll tell you what their icon would be. Gio Urshela. Gio Urshela would have a glove. Yeah, it's, I'm saying. Well, that would be like in a real video game. I'm thinking like uh, maybe Inspector Gadget. Would that be an icon? So then like. Ev- Every now and then, there's just a, a ball he grabs out of nowhere, something like that. I couldn't. Uh, Inspector Gadget and a ball he grabs out of nowhere? I don't really know. Ins- I don't know Inspector Gadget. So we lost you on Inspector Gadget in that. Like, okay, Gary Sanchez, maybe something with his arm? Arm, yeah. It would be like arm, and it would say, like, hitting and throwing. Right. Okay. So you're you're doing this like real life video game. I'm trying I'm trying to get us into the silly weeds because I don't think an actual baseball game would put a puppy dog under Glaber. That's what I didn't know. I don't play actual video games, so I didn't know. Like, right. I'm trying to figure out what the world is. This is out of my element. I'm lost. Okay. Totally well, lost uh, on the Inspector Gadget thing. Then, then maybe maybe yeah maybe we won't run through the whole lineup then with that. But there's a couple. Yeah. Talkman and Canely, I think just. Can you just put like woo? Yeah, I was saying that for Guardy too. Some something with just like an intense, an intense scream. Yeah, just a bunch of yellers. All right, sorry that oh, I couldn't like, have fun like, there. Like if Guardy, Canely, Guardy, Canely, and Talkman, if they have if they have a teammate get hit by a pitch, like their powers are up ten percent the rest of the game because they're going to be super locked in intensity notch. Yeah. You're there. Hi, this is Chase from Seattle. I was pretty upset when the deadline passed about us getting a starter, but a few days of reflection, my kind of natural optimism has taken over. So I was kind of thinking, like, shouldn't every game in the playoffs basically be a bullpen game? We have this ridiculous bullpen, especially if we can get Severino Batanzas back to where, you know, we should be basically closing every single game with, you know, Kingley, Britton, Batanzas, Chapman, Ottavino in some way. You know, so I feel like, Basically, we could use one or two pitchers, two or three pitchers to get us through to that those last five innings. I feel like we should never see a starter in the sixth inning of the playoffs because we can't trust our starters, but we can trust our bullpen. Um, I don't know. Just let me know what you think about that. It's, that's kind of what I was thinking. Uh, love the show. Congrats on all the success you guys are having. Yeah, we kind of we kind of laid that out there in the Sharp Stats episode. Like that's kind of what the playoffs are, unless you have one of those upper echelon guys, Verlander, right. um, uh, Sale, or K- or you know uh, Kershaw, even who he's not really done it. 
Like unless and there's not a lot of those guys. There's like less than ten in the league. Walker Bueller was one last year, but there's less than like ten of those guys in the league. And the rest of the playoffs is get it to your bullpen after like two times through the order. Rich Hill had like a no hitter in 2017, and they went to the bullpen. So yeah, and isn't it isn't it kind of crazy to think about like even Luis Castillo, which was like the dream of kind of the dream for a little while because we thought the Reds were going to kind of rebuild, uh, scratch that, reverse it. They're the ones that got Bauer. But even if Luis Castillo came over and kind of kept doing what he'd done this season, the playoffs are still a different animal. Like, Luis Castillo has to prove himself. Remember Seve? Yep. Uh, and and I, I, I know that's – I was going to say that's not a perfect comparison, but it almost is. Um, like, you, you have to earn your keep in the postseason – and, yeah, I mean, basically any starter we would have gotten anyways was going to be done after five innings. Yeah. I think that's what the Yankees' plan is, which is kind of Katie put us onto that. She's like, Yankees starters are really good two times through the lineup. Pretty Compared to the league, they're pretty good. Third time through the lineup, they're pretty brutal. In the playoffs, pitchers don't really go three times through the lineup. So that's why I thought they were going to get some bullpen help. But maybe they expect maybe they expect Batances back, and maybe they do expect Davy Garcia to help. Still, can't really get, wrap my head around that. But maybe Luis Sessa is a stud now. Holders on fire. So Luis Sessa is a stud now. Just to let everyone know, I don't think it's going to last. I'm not buying in. But if you right. were dropped into Yankee fandom just for the last month, you'd be like, "Damn, Sessa's pretty good." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's nuts. Uh. Hey, what's up, John Boy and Jake? Uh, Dan from Mass, originally Connecticut. Um, I've listened to the last Talking Yanks episode, and uh, I think Jake mentioned that he didn't like, he was ready for the robo-ump. He was talking about Judge. And as frustrating as that is, um, the low strikes, the missed calls, you know, whether it's a should-been ball, should-been a strike. You know, I grew up a catcher, um, and it takes away the skill of the catcher, the frame, and the um, you know, that part of the game, like that is what makes some catchers great and they help their pitcher. The verbal um takes that away. I completely understand that they miss calls and that it sucks when that happens, especially, you know, being a Yankees fan and watching Aaron Judge getting mid shin stress all the time, but it just takes away that dynamic. I'm for some changes. That one, I'm just not, I'm just not ready for that. I love the, the fact that catchers, you know, they, they help their pitchers. They help their team. I tell them, I tell the kids I coach, catch the outside of the ball, bring it back, make it a strike. So that's my opinion. Figure I'd uh, let you guys know. Keep up the great work. Listen to Talking Baseball right now on Friday. Have a good one, guys. Thanks, 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 thanks. I like the human element of the game. I like I like that, you know, some, some umpires call high strikes and you know that going in. Some umpires don't give the inside, some give the outside. I've always enjoyed that and defended it. But we're getting to the point where, the quirks of a human calling it are not outweighing the amount they fucking miss that are so obvious. Yeah. And it's uh, uh, Jim, the, the light bulb kind of fully went off for me. And I, I think what this, this caller is referencing is the Yanks had, they had the best, the best rated home plate umpire behind the dish a couple weeks ago. And he, he gets like 95% strikes and you're like, all right, that's pretty good. Then you think about it, Jim. That that umpire is basically missing eight pitches a game for each side, <laughs> like, and those eight pitches could be very huge. So I I'm not like saying, hey, let's snap our fingers, throw the robot back there, and punch it. But I I think eventually you're going to see a transition in baseball where maybe you get two appeals, and if you win those two appeals, you get a third, because it's it's getting ridiculous. Some some of the pitches guys are getting struck out on, or some of the guys pitch, some of the pitches pitches aren't getting called, it's going to decide a game. I remember. If, 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 if you, I'll, I'll tell all Yankee fans this, because I'm, I'm a traditionalist too. I, I truly am. I, I love baseball, and I think when you're stuck in, talking little league and expanding the zone, yeah, you kind of need to do that to let the kids learn how to grow become part of the game and get better but i'll tell you what if the, if the yankees lose a game a game seven of the alcs to houston um primarily because there was a a missed strike three call that threw another pitch and then there was a home run i bet you'd be okay with uh ha having having appeals or something like that involved 
So I remember when they were announcing replay becoming a real thing, and they did an article and it they tracked how many close calls at first were correct and how many were wrong. And I went into it thinking like, ah, oh, this is gonna be like it's gonna be way better than you think. Right. Like you think there's a lot of missed calls because every fan's like they missed everything, and then they're like, actually, they got like ninety eight percent right, and it was like they got sixty percent right. It was so bad. I remember turning to my dad and be like, look how bad this is. I was like shocked. So they put replay in, and it's not because umps are terrible. It's because their job's really hard. Yeah. Like on those some of those bang bang plays, no one can do that. They're every every ump is just guessing to a point and hoping they get yeah. it right. And same with some 100-mile-per-hour pitches that break two feet in the middle of it. Well, like 90 miles per hour that break. You know what I mean? Like, it's a hard job. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not trying to be like, these umps suck. These umps are asked somewhat of an impossible task. And if robots can do it, eventually they're going to have to do it. Yeah. Just, just get them involved a little bit. If, if, all right. So the, I just said the, the umpire missed, the best umpire in baseball misses eight pitches per, per team a game. But what, if, what if three of those are the only really bad misses and we can correct those? Like, I think that would be a huge step. Yeah. All right. Hey, guys. Andrew Collins from New Jersey. I've uh, been a longtime fan. So I have a little theory that's brewing in my mind about why the Yankees have been able to be so good with this, all the injuries and all the next man up stuff. And we've talked a lot, or you guys talked a lot about how Boone loves giving guys rest days. And I've always been uh, totally okay with this. Some people don't like how many rest days he gives our starting players. But I think that all the rest days have allowed the bench players to feel like they're part of the mix uh, so that when they get put in for injuries for more permanent roles, they're comfortable. Thanks, guys. Let me know what you think. So the rest days not only are helping the starters because they get you know, a, a, bre- a breather every now and then, but be, by giving the breathers, the bench players are then more. It's not like 2009 where Ramiro Pena literally never played maybe once a week. Guys like Talkman or Shella, Cameron Maven, they're in a constant rotation, so they're getting more regular at-bats, which allows them to be better. I, I, buy, it. I buy it. I don't know if that's the, the goal. It could be an offshoot result. Why not? Yeah, and it's uh, I I laughed last night. Some someone I did I did one of the IG question stories, and someone was like, "Is Aaron Boone the manager of the year?" It's like how how much difference does a year make? And not I said blessing in disguise. It's the wrong phrase, but everyone everyone being hurt and guys like Mike Ford and Bravik Valera contributing, and now Boone's an incredible manager. I mean, it, it's just a ridiculous mindset. Uh, people need to wrap their heads around. I'll tell you what's going to be in insane, Jimmy, is if people start getting healthy. Hicks is back. Uh, Voight's back. Edwin comes back before the end of the season. Giancarlo, who knows? Man, if one of those guys, and it, it starts getting crazy with like Urshela and Didi, if one of those guys goes into like a, a week-long slump before the playoffs, they could find their way out of playing time, which is just, it, it's going to be insane to see how that all sorts itself out. Do you not think Boone's the manager of the year, or did I interpret that wrong? Oh, no, I, I do. But I, I think it's just funny how much things have changed over a year, and mostly because of how the players are playing, <laughs> which Boone has very little effect over. I think he's got effect over instilling confidence in these young guys. Like we said that if Gio Urshela was replacing on any other team we don't think he's as good because of the confidence and the environment that Boone right but I mean how much of that do you put on Boone and not the organization as a whole you know well he's part of it yeah absolutely but I mean I I think end of the day I I don't think it's a giant percentage point oh I give Boone a good amount of credit I think he's I think his his style has been like instrumental in allowing these Young guys to get called up, get playing time, and believe in themselves. And keep the room afloat during, like, so many injuries. Yeah, I mean, from a positivity standpoint. But, again, it's like you can't it, – it, for the managers, you just can't get too high or low on it for me. And, you know, if if 
Vic Valera or Mike Ford or, or Mike Talkman. Again, oh, oh, I was laughing the other day about Luke Voigt getting thrown in right field in one of his first games with the Yankees. Might be his only, it's his only professional inning of right field. Might be his only inning of right field in his life. So, like, I don't know. For some, like, I can't only give, give Boone so much credit for Luke Voigt coming to town and ending up being a great player, you know? So, do you, do you give credit to managers on the good side for anything? Um, I mean, it's it's what you said. I I just have uh, I think I have a much lower percentage of credit. Like, yeah, Boone keeping the clubhouse light and the attitudes good and the savages thing that came out. Obviously, the guys the guys are eating that up, so he gets credit for that. But I mean, player performance on the field, I'm only giving so much to Aaron Boone. Yeah, I think players deserve majority of the credit all the time. Right. Yeah. But I do think he's a lock for manager of the year. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see how the season finishes out. I mean, Tampa and the A's are trying to do things that are that are bucking trends and the Yankees need to ride this out. But yeah, he he's should be a finalist. Maybe he gets screwed by the Yankees. Maybe he gets a boost by the Yankees and all the injuries and all that. It's voted on like people in the league, right? voted by the other managers I'm not, not sure because if it's voted by the other managers then i think he's a lock but is it the beat writers i forget maybe it's a combo i keep keep forget manager yeah, of the was... year this is the last question anyway in major league baseball the manager of the year is honor given best manager the winner is voted on by 30 members of the baseball writers so it's the same as everything else yeah so, but I mean, all the injuries, I mean, Katie Sharp's told us like how much war has been on the IL Yeah, and it's more than some other teams have in their 40 man <laughs> combined. Right. And there, there, I mean, there'll be a Yankee stigma. It'll depend a little bit how the Rays and A's finish probably. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, he'll be there at, at the end. Yeah. I think he's a lock. We'll see though. All right. That ends this episode of The Voicemails. We appreciate you guys for tuning in, hanging out with us. There's a lot of uh, uh, voicemails. We didn't get to all of them, but we thank you for calling in, and we will be back again tomorrow with Sharp Stats with Katie Sharp. Apologize again for the late release today, but we thank you for listening as always. See you later. Go Yanks. Tell them, Grams. Go Yankees. <laughs>